Welcome to Conspiracy Theoryology, a 12-episode podcast series hosted by Emma Marti, a senior at Piedmont University. Emma and a guest will be discussing and dissecting a theory, all while questioning the origin of the claims. Host Emma Marti and all guests are not supporting any theories, but simply looking at information to dive into the belief of the theory. Joining me again on Conspiracy Theoryology is Professor Ryan Franklin, Associate Professor of History at Piedmont University. For this episode, we are discussing the theories behind Robert Kennedy's assassination. U.S. Senator Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated on June 5, 1968, while celebrating his successful campaign in the California primary election. He died the following day at the Good Samaritan Hospital in Los Angeles. There's no doubt that the convicted assassinator Saron Saron shot Robert Kennedy that day. Even though there were witnesses to the assassination, there are still so many questions left unanswered. Whether it's the bullet count, wounds left on the body, or the forensic evidence presented, there is still uncertainty when it comes to the official report. Like the assassination of his brother John F. Kennedy, there were many theories surrounding the circumstances of Robert F. Kennedy's death. So the first theory that I want to bring up is the second gunman theory. Mm. And this is the most popular from what I've seen because there are so many, I guess you could say, like sub-theories surrounding it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have like different obviously sub theories that I kind of wanted to bring up. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest points supporting this theory is the wounds on Kennedy's body. Mm -hmm. Evidence points to the idea that the shooter was standing behind him when in fact the shooter, Saron, that's how you say it? Saron, Saron. Saron, Saron, yeah. Um, When he was facing west of Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And the chief medical examiner at the time partially supported this idea based on obviously the body, the evidence and everything. Um, the next one would be the number of bullets mm-hmm. found suggested that there was another gun because the gun used was a revolver mm-hmm. that had eight rounds mm-hmm. from what I saw, obviously not saw, but researched. Sure. And then, um, this notion is supported by Kennedy's son, Robert Kennedy Jr. Saying that there were too many bullets to come from an <clears throat> eight round gun. Mm-hmm. And then the third sub theory from that. Forensic analysis provided in 1975 suggested that the fact that the bullets found in the body were not the same bullets from Saron's revolver. So do you think any of these theories or evidence, I guess you could say, are more plausible than others? I would think probably the last one, the one that you mentioned, that, you know, they took the same gun that Mm -hmm. supposedly Saron Saron used um, a couple years after uh, the assassination. And um, obviously there was a discrepancy. Um, I did read that somebody who is a specialist in, I guess, ballistics Mm -hmm. um, was talking about whoever, I guess, the authorities who had possession of the gun, that supposedly they had been firing it off, which in itself seems a little bit sketchy. Yeah. But um, this ballistic analysis... Um, said that uh, if it if a gun is fired um, repeatedly, that that somehow does something to the barrel. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, to me, that sounds kind of like the, you know, in my, in my opinion, the most kind of like well thought provoking. Yeah, because um, like the others, I'm just looking at my notes again. Mm. But like, like you said, the forensic analysis. That's not necessarily something that you can lie about and I'm not a <clears throat> gun person by mm-hmm. any means so like you were saying the thing with like the barrel getting affected like that doesn't make sense to me but like the idea behind it makes sense 
Yeah, and I mean, just the fact that the people who were in possession of this weapon would be firing it. Um, yeah, you know, that's suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would think that, like, you know, that's obviously a very uh, important weapon if yeah. it's been, you know, uh, used to assassinate anybody, but mm -hmm. especially a potential president of the United States. Mm -hmm. um, the other theories you mentioned, and I know you, you talked about uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm -hmm. and how he's been one that's like, you know, um, I guess giving um, oxygen to the flames about this being conspiracy. Mm -hmm. um, the research that I've done um, talks about how the supposed bullet holes in the wall or I the door. That mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, again, this is a, 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 um, an analyst who specializes in stuff like this, and he talks about how those were not bullet holes those were actually like this was a kitchen mm -hmm. and so you know a kitchen's got a lot of activity and so i mean he was he was talking about how it could be um you know just trays knocking into yeah. the to, to the wall and making it look kind of like um i guess a bullet had gone into it mm -hmm. um yeah i mean and the fact that you know the uh, the revol revolver used by sirhan sirhan um only contained eight rounds and supposedly 13 shots were fired. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that is uh, interesting to consider. Um, the body wounds, um, I think Sirhan Sirhan was shooting Kennedy from behind. Is that right? From what I read on the body, it says that the shots would have come from the back, but people said that he was, he would have been towards like Kennedy's west. Okay. I think they did say that uh, Sirhan Sirhan was behind uh, RFK, mm -hmm. uh, and he started saying something like, Kennedy, you're a bastard. Kennedy, you're a bastard. Uh, and, of course, Kennedy turned around. turned around. Yeah, he turned around, and he sees a guy with a gun calling him a bastard. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that when he turned back around, if he had already been shot. Okay, so it says Kennedy turned to his left and shook hands with Juan Romero. Whoa, Juan Romero, just mm. as Saron Saron stepped down from a low tray stacker beside the ice machine. But where's the ice machine? <laughs> Rushed past Oecker and repeatedly fired an eight shot, twenty two long rifle caliber revolver at point blank range. For me, those three sub theories, kind of like you said, like. The forensic analysis part is probably the most interesting, especially with the after effect of mm -hmm. shooting the gun, mm -hmm. which you'd think that would just be like locked up in an evidence locker somewhere you'd hope. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, both uh, immediately after and then, you know, obviously several years after, mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, bungling going on mm -hmm. with the uh, LAPD mm -hmm. um, and the investigators. So I think there was a lot of shoddy work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whenever that happens, obviously that's going to create uh, these spaces in which theories mm -hmm. uh, can, can proliferate. So that really ties into this one question that I, well, a theory that I saw actually. So, um, one of the theories that I found mentioned this woman in a polka dot dress. Mm -hmm. And for those who may be unaware of this theory, there was a woman in a polka dot dress who was seen around the Ambassador Hotel before and after the shooting. And in 1974, I read that there was a retired LAPD officer who he reported to a news outlet that he responded to the shooting and took the statement of a couple that was there. And they reported that they saw a couple, one of them being the woman in this polka dot dress, walking around the hotel exclaiming that they killed Kennedy or that they shot him. Mm -hmm. 
And if these people really were the ones to have been like second and third shooters, that was obviously a huge letdown from the LAPD because like I also read that that report was just gone. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what to like think about that because this kind of goes to my personal beliefs and everything, but like if you're the police, we're supposed to be able to trust you. Mm. And if you're reporting something like that, we should be able to trust that you'll take the correct avenues to handle it. Mm-hmm. So that I don't I don't even have like a question about that. Like I'm just I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, on the one hand, it could be them admitting the fact that they've shot and killed Kennedy and they're part of mm-hmm. the conspiracy conspiracy, but it's kind of like, you know, even if they were part of it mm-hmm. like i have a hard time thinking that they would be like going out and announcing it yeah <laughs> and so like you know when i hear um this um this, this report saying that the lady in the polka dot dress said we killed Ken- or they killed kennedy uh, i hear it as being they whoever was responsible you yeah. know like you know she might not know i've known it was sirhan sirhan but you know whoever was the perpetrator mm-hmm. they killed them that's kind of where my my mind went yeah. as well yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny, like, you know, I mean, last week we talked about uh, the Umbrella Man, mm-hmm. uh, and this week we have a lady in a polka dot dress. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of, it's, it's interesting, those kind of just weird um, aspects to mm-hmm. these. And, like, I think I kind of brought this up before with the fact that it's such a publicized figure, and if it was an everyday person, I don't think anyone would have paid attention to a woman in a polka dot dress but <laughs> or a man with an umbrella. Mm-hmm. But since it is such a shocking event and such a public figure, they're going to be like, like, I'm wearing a blue shirt. So it'll just be like, the girl in the blue shirt mm-hmm. was saying X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a describing factor. Yeah. So for me, like, in addition to, like, you know, um, these kind of sub theories stemming from um, how many shots were fired, um, I, I like the Manchurian candidate. Uh, conspiracy. I don't I know if you came across well. that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Manchurian Canada, obviously a, a book that was converted into two films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, there's just something about the period of the Cold War, all this paranoia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's definitely palpable in the Manchurian Canada conspiracy because, you know, it's saying that Sirhan Sirhan was brainwashed either by the CIA or possibly the Soviet Union mm-hmm. um, to go and commit this assassination. And then afterwards... They supposedly did like a men in black moment where they had that, you know, the, the, the pen and yeah. it erases uh, their memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think, you know, this theory coupled with what we talked about last week, um, obviously this is all taking place in the context of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And so there's just, you know, the, the American public is already paranoid. Um Thanks in large part to governmental propaganda that, mm-hmm. you know, we need to make sure the communists are not infiltrating us. But it seems like, you know, the, the, the height of the Cold War, which was, you know, the 60s, um, it seems to kind of give a little bit of, I guess, momentum towards these kind of theories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely didn't help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the next theory that I found, um, the idea that Kennedy's security guard... Mm. Thane Eugene Caesar, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, he was the second gunman. Mm-hmm. And I read that he was politically against what the Kennedys stood for. And being the guard, being a security guard wasn't his full-time job, mm-hmm. which both are things that point to people really believing this. 
Yeah, I mean, so first off, you would think that somebody who is guarding, um, and I don't know if he was actually Kennedy's security guard Mm -hmm. or he was just a security guard at the Ambassador Hotel. Mm -hmm. But if you, I I would think that if somebody is, um, you know, protecting uh, a potential president of the United States, um, they would be full time. It wouldn't be something that they're kind of just like, you know, doing on the side. Yeah. so I think, you know, that that aspect of it does kind of lend kind of like a, some apparent, you know, uh, legitimacy to the claim that he could be the second gunman. And then also yep. just his statements that he did think that the Kennedys, mm-hmm. both his brother and, and Robert, were going to, um, you know, put America in the toilet by granting civil rights to minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is interesting because the Kennedys both being assassinated, people see parallels with these two brothers in ancient Rome. They're called the Gracchi brothers. And they came from the aristocracy or, you know, the upper classes. And they tried to use their power to make this a more equitable society. So they tried to get like land redistribution, um, just trying to elevate the masses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both were assassinated. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, these parallels are drawn between what happened in ancient Rome to the Gracchi brothers to what happened to the Kennedys because they too came from the aristocracy. Uh, they too uh, were seeking to improve uh, the lives of African Americans, especially in the case of John F. Kennedy. Uh, and then Robert Kennedy was seeking to improve the lives uh, of Chicanos, of, of the, the Hispanic mm-hmm. communities. And so there is this kind of interesting kind of parallel. But for uh, Caesar, Yeah, he was somebody who didn't like Kennedy due to the fact that he was fighting for the common folk. Mm -hmm. And I did just pull up the article, and you're correct. So Caesar, it says, Caesar had been employed by Ace Guard Service to protect Kennedy at the Ambassador Hotel. So, yeah, it it wasn't his full-time job. During the day, he was a maintenance plumber. Um, Yeah, to me, I think, I don't know if anybody, like, went and, like, interviewed Ace Guard, whatever it is, but it's kind of like, that would... That would seem to be like a kind of a, a entity that conspiracy theorists would focus in on, kind of like you know, yeah, is this is this a legitimate corporation, a mm-hmm. company, or is it kind of like what I was talking about last week, that parallax corporation, yeah, that likes hires people who are kind of loners and mm-hmm. just disgruntled, uh, and uses them for assassinations. Mm-hmm. I do kind of let myself like when I look into conspiracy theories, I do let myself go down rabbit holes, and mm-hmm. I kind of force myself to think in the mind of someone who like just takes everything at face value. Mm -hmm. And like, like you said, I would definitely be suspicious of this ace guard service (laughs) and everything because, and like you said before too, you would hope that someone that is going to be a security guard, whether or not it's their full-time job, that they would be like fully cleared. (laughs) And like, since he did strongly disagree with what the Kennedys stood for and everything, he should have been filtered out (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. Because even if he isn't a second shooter or anything, that's just something that should be considered. Because even though he was hired to be the security guard and everything, that could be kind of... Like, if it was a life or death situation, which it was, I would kind of be like, well, if this man goes against my beliefs and everything, would I really want to lay down my life for that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder, you know, did Kennedy, I'm sure he didn't, like, he probably just assumed that the people who were responsible for getting this protection, like, you know, they did their homework, and yeah. you know, uh, he was surrounded by people who don't necessarily need to like his views, mm-hmm. but haven't, like, expressed kind of these, like, um, kind of militant 
responses to yeah. that. Um, so I don't know. I think that's kind of, there is kind of some, um, I guess, um, what would be the word? Um, just kind of some part of that that makes you question it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Kind of going off of that, I had another sub-point type mm-hmm. thing. Um, Caesar stated that even though he did draw a gun, the gun did not match the bullets found at the scene. So, like, he was cleared. Like, the gun, like, the bullets that he had in his gun didn't match the bullets that were shot and found. Mm-hmm. So you would think that's another point of just, there's evidence that could essentially fully clear him, but mm-hmm. there are still so many questions surrounding his, like, his employment and all mm. the other stuff that it's just like that's enough to place enough doubt yeah yeah just yeah. the background uh, information regarding exactly. him it's like definitely does have a question mark being over him and i think it's a healthy amount of doubt until it like affects him and his personal life yeah in my opinion yeah last question we kind of talked about this um Kennedy's son believes his father was killed as part of a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Do you think because his own son believes this idea that it should lead the public to believe in it as well? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, you know, obviously if um, your, your father or mother is assassinated, um, you know, there's going to be this emotional component mm-hmm. um, that people outside the family don't necessarily feel. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I can understand why his son or why any of his family members or supporters would want to, like, really make sure that, like, the true story or the story that's being told by the mainstream is actually um, factual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just because a, a family member is claiming that there's a conspiracy um, shouldn't necessarily cause the public to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the public should be, you know, responsible for themselves and actually, you know, do some research and reach their own conclusions. Yeah. Um, but if his, if his ideas cause people to study history more or like look at this particular mm-hmm. moment and in the context, then, you know, I think that's positive. It's just, you know, maybe going down a rabbit hole, like you've said, that it's easy to do when you're talking about conspiracy theories. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think there is a point where they become uh, clearly unhealthy. Yeah, I agree. hundred yeah. percent. And like you said, um, if it was like a family member for me. I don't know if I would want people knowing what I believe about how they died, like if it was in this type of situation, because it is such a personal, private matter that it's Mm -hmm. like, and I'm a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I've probably cried in a class Mm -hmm. or two of years at some point, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. That's obviously such an emotional and touching, not touching, sensitive, touchy thing that happened. And it was such a public thing as well that, I don't know, I feel like I almost wouldn't want to think about conspiracy theories about why it happened but then on the other hand it's like trying to explain like not explain it away but kind of just not wanting to believe not wanting to believe it I guess yeah I mean I just wonder if his brother had not been assassinated and if there hadn't been all those conspiracy theories surrounding his brother's assassination if he was just a politician who was uh, in line possibly for winning the Democratic nomination and was assassinated, like surely there'd still be some conspiracy theories, but would they be as pronounced if he wasn't yeah. a Kennedy, you know? Probably not. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Like there would obviously be um, the like healthy amount of reporting, healthy amount of conspiracy theories probably surrounding it, but like you said, since he was a Kennedy, yeah. it's going to be an extra spotlight put on it. Yeah. I mean, of yeah. course, you know, Martin Luther King Jr.'s, his assassination is 
uh, in between the two Kennedy assassinations and their conspiracy theories surrounding that. Um, but I don't feel like they have as much uh, life as the one surrounding uh, RFK and JFK. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, is it, is it because of like, the initial assassination producing so much uncertainty? I don't know. In my mind, like that just reminded me, this is a little off topic, but like when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated and everything, this is, kind of goes to like Mandela effect type thing. I thought he was immediately like dead. Mm-hmm. But like he died in the hospital, correct? Mm-hmm. So I thought he immediately was dead. We're talking about Kennedy or Martin Luther King Jr.? Martin Luther King Jr., yeah. 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 I don't know. The Mandela effect really messes me up, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's I mean, the same. Thing. it was the same thing with Kennedy. Like, I yeah, mean, he I was pronounced that. dead at the hospital mm-hmm. the next morning. So. Yeah. That uh. type of stuff just messes with me a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I have prepared for this time. Okay. So thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank all you. Right. Thank you for listening to Conspiracy Theoryology. Be sure to tune in every Friday for a new episode with host Emma Marti. Keep an eye open. Someone's always watching.